Aloha and welcome to the Big Island Ultra, Big Island Hawaii Ultra podcast. This is going to be, I'm going to have a two-part podcast. This is with uh, Jamila, amazing woman, amazing lady. And I felt that uh, in order to, to even to begin to tell her story, we do it in two parts. So this first part, uh, we talk about a lot of stuff and connections that I never realized that we had. So please enjoy this, and then at, uh, I'll, there'll be a cut, and then I'll do an exit, little exit uh, talk and stuff. And then uh, we'll do part two probably in another, I'm going to say another week. So please enjoy Jamila. Oh, man. Aloha. We have Jamila Abdul Haid uh, uh, Mujahid uh, on right. today. My goodness gracious, you, you look like you just came in from a run, did you? I did. I did. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah. I mean, so, but you know what? It, it's actually good because it's the last thing I have to do. Now I'm off for the next three days. I don't have anything to do. I'm, I'm just resting my legs up um, because I'm doing H and Oats this Friday. Oh, the canal run. Yeah. 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 I'm leaving. Um, I'm leaving Georgia Friday morning. It's only six hours. But I want to be there Friday night in the hotel, rested. So, you know, Saturday morning, I'm ready to go. I, I don't even know where to begin with uh, with you. I think I first met you, uh, it was at Rocky Raccoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we were, I was trudging around the course and you were cruising around the course. I was with my, my good friend, Sylvia. Uh, uh -huh. She was doing the 100 mile, I was doing the 100K. And because Sylvia was going to come in for her 100 miler, I just stopped on my 100K and you had just, you know, decided that it wasn't your day and decided to, you know, drop out. So we had a little chance to talk story and stuff. And yeah. you are the most open person that I know. Uh, I mean, out on the trail <laughs> or, you know, in life and stuff, you just, uh, you put it out there for everybody, which I think is a gift that you have that you give to uh, the world. And Aww. I think it's, it's, I mean, it's just so special to run into people like the, like you in the community. I mean, it is the trail community is awesome. There's so many, I think so. so many wonderful people and stuff. And you're in Georgia. Are, are you, uh, yes. you, where in Georgia are you are? Are you exactly? I'm Right now, I'm in what we call Buckhead. Um, it's a, it's like a suburb of Atlanta, probably like less than five minutes. Yeah. Oh, okay. So and let's uh, see. I'm like for uh, I'm trying to think geographical wise, like maybe the five minute spot from the tourist area. Like everybody would go downtown, see things like that. So I'm like five minutes from that actual spot. Oh, okay, and let's see. You're probably near a peach tree street of some sort. I am. <laughs> I am. I, like I said, walking distance, about five minutes. Yeah, yeah, walking distance. And I would guess that you've done the peach tree 10K? I did it one time running it, but uh, because I was part of the Atlanta Track Club, I used to volunteer all the time. So, yeah, I only got to run it one time. But, you know, we used to hand out the water bottles, depending on what part of the course they put you on and 
I would always be like at mile three or four, you go, 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 you know, passing out bottles and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's a huge event, huge event. I mean, that's like the Peachtree is like Boston Marathon to everybody in Atlanta. Yeah, it's it's the I think it's the largest 10K race that's put on. I know Boulder Boulder is pretty big and stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah, my background is, is I was the aid station director for Ironman for like 20 years. So I know all about aid oh stations. Oh, gosh. Oh, oh, Ironman. That's a, a checklist thing. So we'll see. Oh, that would be awesome. Where did you grow up? Did you grow up in I Georgia? Grew, no. I, well, I've been in Georgia for 27 years. So you might as well say, yeah, kind of. Um, but I grew up in upstate New York. And oh, okay. I came down, yeah, I came down here for uh, kind of like party, you know, <laughs> during spring break. And my uncle lived here and he was like, you should stay here. And so with a little hesitation from my mom and dad, after college, they let me come down here and I just kind of, was like hanging around on the military base because my uncle was in the army um, and we were actually in Columbus, Georgia, but we used to come up to Atlanta all the time and party. And I was like, I don't want to stay in Atlanta. So once I got out of school and I got the okay to leave, you know, I kind of, I was grown, but you know, I still got to get that okay. Oh. And then I moved to Atlanta and I've been here ever since, you know. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, thank your uncle for his service, certainly. Yeah. Uh, thank you. And uh, it's funny because more than a few people that I've interviewed have actually grown up in upstate New York, which I, I have no clue sometimes where people grow up and stuff. And you went to Niagara University? I did. I did. Yeah. Did you, when you were growing up uh, in upstate New York in high school and stuff, did you uh, run track? Did you, were you a runner? I did. Now, this is the thing. I, <laughs> believe it or not, I was playing basketball terrible but I went to the school I went to traditional um you know it didn't matter if you could play sports or not if you wanted to play they put you on the team so I was on the team but I couldn't dribble the ball I couldn't make a basket nothing but I was fast running up and down the court you know so you couldn't catch me and I passed it to somebody else so with that and you know how back then the same coach that did basketball, did track, did cross, did everything, yeah. you know. So our basketball slash track coach, cross country coach, he, he was like, he's like, no, you're going to run track because you can't play basketball. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fine, no problem. I'll do whatever. So he started me running track, didn't have a clue um, what I was doing because, like, I'll always run past the finish line. And, you know, they'd be like, stop it. <laughs> so anyways he put me running the 100 the 200 and the 400 and i did the four by four relay um the 1600 i mean everything that nobody else wanted to do yeah. i was running it so yeah. i was like the all-around person i was throwing a shot put i mean whatever it was the discus i did it all <laughs> i mean it was like I was like, okay, Coach Foster be like, you're doing it, okay, you're doing it, okay, you know, so, and I was actually pretty good, I made, um, we used to call them the Empire State Games, um, yeah, that yeah. would be, I've that's like, that, 
okay, so that was like our, you know, little uh, mini Olympics or state qualifiers or whatever. So I went to that every year. Um, I got to travel to the pen relays. You know, I, I was pretty good. I was pretty good. Oh, wow. Then. Pen yeah. relays. Yeah, that was, that's pretty yeah. well done. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Two of the people that I've interviewed, Amy and Laura, uh, I mean, Laura made the uh, uh, 2000 Olympic marathon trials. She went to wow, that. Wow, that's good. But, but both of them, I found out, were basketball players. And they're not, they're not maybe five foot four, you know, like that. And see, I'm 4'11", okay? And so, like I said, I was just fast. But, you know, if you want to play sports, they're going to let you play sports. You know, whatever. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, you're, a deca you're technically you're a decathlete because you probably had at least 10 events in there. I had everything. I had to do everything, you know. I mean... I was the tomboy of the school, you know, so whatever. <laughs> did you, did you have did you have brothers and sisters when you were growing up? I have I have two older sisters. Um, but my dad was the type of person where he was big into walking and you know, going fishing, hiking, all that type of stuff. So I always wanted to go with him. So that's how I got to be like the boy of the family and it didn't matter what we did. I'm going, you know, daddy, you going, I'm going. So, you know, that's how I got to do a lot of stuff. My sisters didn't want to do that. They, they wanted to stay home. Like, like actually they can cook better than me. You know, I can warm up everything. I warm it up. <laughs> Leftovers are really good. good. I'm the best person to order. What you want to eat? We got it. <laughs> I'm just being honest, you know. <laughs> well, so so you so you're down in Atlanta now, and you're you're yeah. uh, you're. Did you start? Uh, I mean, you helped out. You volunteered at Peachtree Race and stuff, and you're you're involved with the uh, uh, the Atlanta Running Club. Yeah. Now, see, the running came from a way to pay for stuff. Um, when I when I first moved to Atlanta, I was a district manager of Burger King because I worked at Burger King all throughout college and that was just my way of helping pay for school and stuff like that um so when I was here I was working at a restaurant you know so and with that I used to see people come in because where, where our restaurant was located was literally right across the street from Lee Haney's gym Lee Haney used to have a gym back then this was, now we're talking back in the 90s okay. um and they used to sponsor little 5K runs. And they would come across the street and, you know, celebrate with the team. You know, the runners would come and eat. So that's what actually got me saying, okay, well, people do races and stuff. You know, because after college, I didn't think it was, you know, no running or whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So then I started seeing the little races. And I was like, I want to run these. So I started with the 5K races. Um, then they had, like, the Atlanta Marathon. It used to be big back then. Yeah. Um, so I, I did the Atlanta Marathon and I started doing marathons and stuff in Georgia. And at one of the marathons, um, it, uh, it was called Callaway Gardens. One of the volunteers that was giving our race shirts when we went to pick up our race shirts, um, she was like, you did really good because I had got first in my age group and everything. Yeah. And she was like, you've been running a long time. I was like, no, I just started doing these long distances. I was like, you know, I've never ran this far before. And she was like, well, this isn't really long distance. She said, there's longer <laughs> races. And I was like, so 
something longer than this? What could be longer than this? You know? <laughs> so then after she, she gave me her name, her name was Zakina. She gave me her name and she's like, you know, look this up. So I looked up the long races and I was like, wait a minute, 100 miles, 50 miles? So in doing all of that, how did I connect with Fred? Can't think how I met Fred. <laughs> well, yeah, I back, in, back in the 90s, not too many people really knew about races that went beyond a marathon. Yeah, but I'm, cause I'm trying to remember how I, because the way I got started doing the first long race, no. You know who it was? Um, Carolyn. Carolyn Mather. She's, she was uh, like on maybe the board or something of the Atlanta Club for the running, the girls running. And she was telling me about a race in Ohio. And it was a 24-hour event, um, which now is called the... Uh, NC24? NC24? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so she told me about that. And so I was like, okay. And she was like, it's not really like you can fail. You just keep moving the whole time. And whatever you end up with at the end of that, that's what you end up with. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. So then, yeah, I can at least run a marathon. I know during yeah. 24 hours, you know. So, and had no knowledge of how to do this stuff. Really didn't. <laughs> so I'm running it like a marathon. And <laughs> That's the first time I met Ray K. And Ray was like, you're doing really good. He was like, I've never seen you before. You know, what's your name? Do you normally run this? I was like, no, I didn't. He was like, you might want to slow down. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was running like, I was probably running like an 815 pace. You know, I was oh, just geez. cruising along. Man, by about 30 miles, I was done i was so sleepy and like my legs are burning i'm like what is going on i didn't know nothing about uh what you should eat i yeah. didn't know about drinking you know i had <laughs> i had mcdonald's chicken oh, breast. I, had, I had three mcdonald's chicken breasts with me and some fries that's what i bought i didn't know you know what i mean and so I'm starving, you know, <laughs> and it was like, this is for everybody. You can eat from the A station. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. You know, and I started eating that food. <laughs> that was the funniest thing. I learned so much at that race, and I met so many people, and a lot of them are still, like, running and stuff like that now, you know, and I didn't know how big they were back then, you know, yeah. and I wind up doing 75 miles that 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 time, Yikes. I came in. Yeah, I came in second place uh, for my age group, and I think I was like eighth or tenth overall woman or something like that. So I was like, "This is great! You get to <laughs> run, you get to sleep, you get to eat, you get to run again." <laughs> I think so, that's yeah. the, the perfect promo for an ultra race. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm like, you get to eat all this candy? Oh, you <laughs> M&M's, yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and that's how I started it. I mean, and, I, you know, I, I think for me, running is like, running, running is what I can do without thinking about it. Um, yeah. I don't never like getting into technical terms, but I've always been the type of person where I'm all over the place. I really am. Yeah. 
super, super all over the place. Um, and my mom never was like, nope, we're not putting her on medication. Just keep writing yourself notes. I'll remind you, you know, that type of thing, you know. Yeah. And this was, like I said, you, you figure when I was in school, this is 82. So they didn't really have the technical terms of ADD, whatever, ADD, you know. HDAD. They didn't yeah. have that. They was just like, she, she, she's not focused. She, she won't yeah. sit still. She's moving all over the place. But I yeah. was really smart. I mean, Joe, I was really smart, but I just was like, you know what I mean? You had to keep me engaged. Otherwise, I'd be all over the place. Yeah. And Hyper distractibility. So, yep. <laughs> yes. Yes. Seriously. And so what my mom was, her thing was, okay, we'll just put her in a whole bunch of stuff. And that's how the sports got started. Just putting me in stuff, keeping me busy, busy, busy. But the sports was the only thing that really kept my attention. I liked that because I had to beat with other people and figure stuff out. And yeah. I liked it. And, and that's what kept me like, okay, well, I'll finish my math work because I know I get to go and run track, you know. Or yeah. I'll go and read this book and turn in my homework because I get to go play basketball, you know. So that that was like a win-win. That's how they got me to kind of like sit still and do my work and be ready for after school, you know what I mean? So running for me, it's like I could just go. I could do it, you know. It's not like I have to have a lot of people. I don't need to know how to, you know put this together or figure this out one foot in front of the other i can handle that so and that's why i've always liked running running has been my go-to thing for me so whenever you, i feel like okay i can't handle this or whatever i just go so, run so you don't think about let's see what should the drop of my shoes be a little bit higher or lower or <laughs> i have no clue about that i don't know about that i don't think about that and and you know what that used to be funny <laughs> And, and and I think for a lot of people, I I probably wasn't supposed to say that. Um, like, and and I, and I get the marketing abilities of how much shoes cost, and you know, yeah. it should have zero drop or it should have this kind of fluctuation or whatever. But for me, like I said, because I never really thought about it in depth, that that kind of messes with my brain like that. I used to get my shoes from the Goodwill. I really okay. did. Yeah. I, you know. Whatever you got these shoes, you say they're good. Okay, let's run in these. Okay, um, all right. Well, those, let's run in some Converse. Okay, let's run in some boots. Let whatever. I ran. I don't know. I ran in some jellies. You know those little jelly <laughs> shoes they used to have. Yeah, yeah. I ran in shoes like those. I'm just, you know. That's perfect cross. <laughs> perfect cross training. Oh, I got a friend here, Ken. Kendra. She goes to Ross to find her shoes. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've never, until uh, this, the pandemic is the first time I've actually bought shoes online. Other than that, I've always went to secondhand stores. Yeah. Um, remember, remember when Kmart was open? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, um, I've never, you know, I, I never really went to sneaker sneaker stores, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the, the, the running shoe stores that I remember back in the day were usually at malls, you know, Yeah. and it was like, I would take one look at the shoes and go, I can't afford that. Yeah, you know? me too. Me too. Me I, too. So that's why I never really was like, uh, when people say, well, what, what type of shoes do you run in or what shoes do you recommend? I really can't recommend any because 
you know, if it's on sale, that, that's the two I'm going <laughs> to recommend. That one worked for me, you know? <laughs> I don't know, you know. And, and as it, as it turns out, that's kind of recommended. I think nowadays is where they say don't stick with a zero drop shoe all the time. Change it up, and use different kinds of shoes because that way your foot adjusts to things. And I think that's the best thing for real because each terrain is different. It really is. Even trail running. Some trails are really technical. Some trails have more roots some trails have more rocks you know where you're climbing more than you're actually running so it, no one shoe is going to work for every single race it's, it's just not you know at least not for me so i don't think it's a problem with changing up because sometimes you're using your calves more sometimes you use the hamstring muscles more sometimes your foot is it's a lot of different mechanics with running and I, I just don't think it's one specific formula, at least not for me, you know. I, and, and, and like I said, I don't get to the point where I'm doing my races that I can't enjoy it. I need to be able to enjoy the race. Otherwise, I, I'm not going to do it. I, it's, it's just I got to have fun. I got to be able to say hello. I'm not that super serious runner. You know, yeah, I want to do good. I want to finish my race, but not to the point where, if, if, if finishing my race means that I can't say hi to you or that I can't even stop and get a drink of water or I can't even look and see how pretty that river is or the month, then I'm like, why am I doing it? Why am I doing yeah. it? You know? Yeah. There's, there's times I think when we kind of actually enjoy, I don't want to say suffering, but we enjoy the experience of being able to have those feelings, but it's feeling. But but as long as you you I mean to uh, totally ignore people I can't I can't do that either either I mean yeah. I sometimes I mean even when it I've had people come uh, during a race where I wasn't doing so great and they go well let's run to the next aid station and my only response to be honest was like nah. <laughs> 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 yeah no, I have those moments too. You know what? Uh, I'm gonna catch up with you. You go ahead. I will catch up with you. <laughs> some, I mean, and I, that's another thing. I, I like the fact of how running certain distances and terrains will bring you so all the way down. But something during that time frame, and and I don't know what it is because never something. It, it seems like it's always something different. Either. The sun is shining a certain way, or you see something in nature that make you say, you know what? Okay, let me take another mile. Or you'll see somebody else struggling, maybe worse than you, leaning all the way. You're like, you know what? Okay, let me try. It's something about that part that keeps me going back. I'm serious. I, I will have the worst race ever. And be like, I can't stand this. I'm not, never coming back. But by the time I'm done with that race, I'm already not even out the parking lot and I'm looking at ultra sign up seeing what else I can sign up for. You know what I mean? So it's that feeling. It's the feeling of being around so many people, everybody just trying, you know, just this one, one day, one day, come on, let's do this. You know, that's the feeling that I keep going back for, you know, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I go. It's, it's not, it's not so much, you know, people like to say that, Oh, you're addicted. It's, it's not that it's that, feeling that 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 
that good feeling. Yeah, running has long distance has a lot of highs and lows, but it's that one. You know what I'm saying? That one euphoric feeling. That that's the part you keep going back for. Oh yeah, I mean, I there's there'll be there'll be there'll be moments in races that you'll remember years later, and it's the smallest, tiniest little thing. You know, the, the reflection in water, the look in somebody's eyes, yeah, something like that. And I think it's good, like you're, the way you're saying it, because it's like nowadays, especially with the COVID nineteen, yeah. everybody is kind of trying to be in a bubble and only yeah. around themselves with people who think like them, feel like them and everything. And in the races that totally breaks down because you're, yeah. you're understanding another person's bubble. You know, you may come up to somebody and uh, start talking to them and they go, well, I'm doing this because my mother died last week. And yeah. I, you know, and you get to actually experience or at least somewhat experience other people's bubble not just your own stuff like i told somebody now i've never did jfk before last no this this year i did jfk i was at a low low point towards the end because i really tried to do a good time trial in that race you know so i'm giving it no, 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 really good and hard so about mile 40 40 ish or whatever my body was like done but it was so close. I was like, okay, no, Jay, you can pull this on through. Let's go. Let's go. There was a guy there. I don't know his name. Um, it, you know, it doesn't show on sign up as far as, you know, somebody's athletic ability. So I don't know his name, but he, he had a prosthetic leg. Oh, wow. He, he ran by me. That man made me say, okay, you're going to finish this. Let's go. Try to pull a little bit more, you know? So I had my uh, daughter meet me at, I think it was mile 41, between mile 41, 43, wherever that aid station was. I was like, bring, bring my back brace. She bought my back brace and my back was really bothering me. She bought my brace and I just started trucking. I was just, you know, doing it, doing it, doing it. But you, I know my face and my body. You know how once you get that lean and everything, yeah. you know, you, you moving, but you can't kind of get it back <laughs> up right. You just like, eh. you know, so I was like that. There was this guy sitting in his chair on his lawn, huge Trump Pence sign, okay? <laughs> he, had his, he had his Confederate flag up in the whole nine. Oh, that man said, come on, you can do this. I know you can do this. I need you to finish this. That man started clapping for me. Joe, do you know that, that, that just made my heart? I was like, wow. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. And that's how I was telling people, like, no matter what your outside belief is, seems like something about somebody really trying brings yeah. everybody together. That man was really like, rah, 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 go, go, go. You know what I mean? And that made me run up that last hill. And, you know, I was like, wow. Yeah. If this man is cheering for me, I got to go. And that I was like, that's what I like. That's what, I, that's what makes me keep going back to races, things like that. Those are the moments that I remember more than anything else. Those are the moments that make me say, you know what? I'm doing something. We're going to do this again. Yeah, and that's we're why all, I keep we're going back. Actually, we're all actually human. We sometimes treat, sometimes some people treat each other people like they're not human, but we're all, yeah. we're all stuck out. in Hawaii. We say we're all stuck on the rock here. So <laughs> you know, we have to take care of ourselves because we're all on that's the same right. rock. 
That's you true. mentioned, That's you so mentioned your daughter. Now, I'm trying to remember, do you have three boys and one girl or two boys and one I girl? Have, I have four boys and one girl. Oh, my um, goodness. The reason, people think, the reason people think I have two girls because when I was married, my, my husband and my ex-husband had a daughter. So that was the six kids that everybody used to see us together with. But, you know, when we got divorced, you know, of course, she went with her, her real mom. So, yeah, but I have one daughter and four boys. And, and my daughter is the second oldest. My, my son is actually the oldest. Yeah. And you've raised these kids they're kind of by yourself, right? Yeah. 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 Put them, put Since, them through uh, school. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I see pictures of them because you post everywhere. They are just the best looking kids in the world, man. I Thank mean, you. Thank they you. Are I'm so proud of my kids. I'm so proud of them. They're, my kids are the best. You know how people say they're the best part of you? My kids, for real, for real, are the best part of me. Now, Joe, let me tell you, growing up, when I was little, because I was, I was so small. I was, I was always the smallest kid in the class, the skinniest kid in the class, you know. So, so to not let you pick on me, I would bully you. I really would. <laughs> I was that little kid that would come out of nowhere and just punch you in the back. You know what I mean? Older, I know that that does, that could have a traumatic effect on kids. Because I was that mean kid. I was that mean kid. Like I said, I was smart. Yeah. I was all over the place. And my 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 dad was one of those dads that you know, he he never believed in disciplining his girls because he had girls. He would uh, I'm, I'm guilty he, of that. <laughs> and he would explain to you why that was wrong and show you examples and things like that. Okay. So and, and let me give you a little background on our household. My mom and grandma, heavy Baptist influence. Yeah. My father was a Baha'i. We had Islam all in the same household, okay? So that's how I tell people, I grew up with everybody. Every single nationality you could think of, that, I used to see them every weekend. I would literally be... Working at the gas station on Friday with my dad after school because his gas station was across the street from my school. And so I'm seeing all black people. Then Saturday morning, I'm riding horses with Jean Delaney on her farm, you know. So these are white people, Indian. Then um, Sunday, you know, I might be with some Pakistanian. I mean, everything you could think of, that was my upbringing. So when people kind of rationalize racism and all this and that i tell people what you grow up with is what you grow up with because i didn't know we was different you know what i mean yeah no of course visionary everybody looked different but because everybody was together that's just how i grew up you know so my kids are the exact same way that my father was bringing me up to be my like i said my father long long Baha'i faith, um, you know, I guess like in the 50s and the 60s, you know, Malcolm X, he teetered, tattered between Islam and the Baha'i faith. But when he went to California, um, that's when it really was like, okay, boom, I'm with the Baha'i faith. So 
he always was like, okay, don't don't be mean to people. You're, yep. you're your size and, and be okay with that. Don't be mean to people. So I came a whole 360. I was like, no, I can't be that bad kid. You know, I'm not going to yeah. make somebody do this or do that. So now I think for me is why I gravitate so much to anybody who's being bullied or if you're making fun of somebody, I can't, I'm the person who's going to be like, no, we're not yeah. doing that. No, no, no. Yeah. We're going to find a peaceful solution some kind of way. And I think because I was that person, I was that person and I knew I was just doing it because I was scared of being a small person. I was scared of being the little one. It didn't yeah. have nothing to do with what I was doing, you know? So that's what I always try to tell people. They're being mean because of something that's going on with them. It ain't got nothing to do with you. You know what I mean? So Yeah, yeah. usually bullies, uh, the, there's a saying about bullies have the loudest voices because they're the most scared. Yep, yep. And, and like I said, because I was always the little one. I, I got, I have to tell you, didn't know this, did, had no idea, but I'm a Baha'i. I mean, I went down to the house of worship down in Panama, helped build it. And you know, I ran into the faith during uh, college, you know, I had a roommate and stuff. Wow. And I, because I grew up in Chicago, the, the, there was a house of worship right out in Wilmette, Illinois. And stuff. Yeah, yeah it I, is. It is. Yep. Yeah. Had no idea that your dad was behind and stuff. Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that now that, that I understand even more of why you're so wonderful. Aw, thank you. <laughs> it's amazing. It's That's great that you had that upbringing and stuff, too. It's funny. I interviewed uh, Bernard Lyles as a buddy of mine in Chicago, you know, and uh -huh. he, grew up, he grew up on the other side of town. I was on the north side. He was on the south side. And it's funny, we both had kind of the same experience where we weren't locked into just one kind of people, you know, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. if, you, if you're lucky enough to recognize that as you're growing up that, well, there's all kinds of different people and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, they're people, right? And you know what, I think that's why I'm such, I'm so adamant about making my kids travel with me so that they're mm -hmm. not just. I, and I tell people, I think that's very important to get out of your state so you can see different things, see how people live. It's not the way that it's always portrayed on TV. You have to really <laughs> see how people live. And you'll see that they're just like you. They really are just like you. Everybody just wants the best for their families. Everybody just wants everybody safe. Everybody just wants their kids happy. You know, their wife, their husband. Everybody for the most part, bottom line wants the same thing. But it, you don't know that until you actually get out and start talking and interacting with people, you know? Uh, and that's another thing I love about the races. You get to meet so many people. I get in trouble here in Hawaii because when the kids, when the keikis come to me and ask Uncle Joe, you know, what kind of advice would you give to me? I tell them, leave, leave Hawaii. <laughs> go, yep. go someplace else and see yep. what the other places are we have a very fortunate situation here in Hawaii. i mean and but yeah you yeah experience other other people and other places and stuff no that's so valuable I think, I, I think i do too i think that's so valuable just to and even if you can't like and, and i am i tell people i said i'm on a regular person's salary I, you know what i mean i'm not rich by any means but what i do is i really 
figure out, okay, I know I want to go to Utah. So I start putting money aside seven months ahead of time, you know? Yeah. Okay, you know, no, we're not eating out none this month. You know, <laughs> mommy's cooking because I want to go to, you know, I do stuff like that. And, and as I said, we all can do it. If you really look at your budget, okay, I'm, I wasted money on this. That could have went to that. I wasted everybody can do it you know so i'm like you gotta figure out a way that you can just visit other people that's the the main thing i hate about this pandemic is so many people are going back into their shells yeah we're going back into their shells yeah well yeah i should have somebody like you in in my life because i could spend foolishly at times like oh no i just (laughs) no you can't do it can't do it. Just go ahead and uh, yeah, but now yeah, you have to really plan to uh, plan what you yeah. what races you want to do, you know, and you have to think ahead about that. You have done so many races. When I first met you, uh, my friend Sylvia, I talked to her and her husband Mark, and they referred to you. Oh, she's the Vol State lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because yeah, you have done Ball State, where you run across the uh-huh. state of Tennessee, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Have you run that? Have, that race. have you done Hurt, the Hurt One Hundred here in Hawaii? I did. I did. I came there in. Uh oh, I'm terrible with dates. Um, okay, we're in 2020, so I did it in. They canceled it last year. No, they canceled yeah. it this year, right? So was it last year I did it or the year before? It would have been the year before because they canceled it. Uh, no, they 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 did not cancel it this year, 2020, because I volunteered at the finish line aid station there. So you probably, and I didn't see you, so you so probably it must did have been it. 20, it must have been 2019? Yeah. Okay, then yeah. it was 2019? Okay, yeah. Beautiful. I got your mouth. And you know, this is a... <laughs> I tell people, I think, and I don't like to say good luck or bad luck. I just have things happen. All right. <laughs> I know y'all t- the time frame is totally different, okay? Now, in my head, it's going to get dark. I can't remember. I think I was like, okay, it's going to get dark at 9 o'clock or something like that. But 9 o'clock, my time in my head, I had enough time to do the loop and get back to my bag. So yeah. I didn't have my headlamp with me. This guy running by me, he was like, hi. He's like, you don't need a headlamp? I was like, no, nah, I'm going to be fine. I'll get back there in time. Now, and you know that hurt course, okay? So yeah. it's not like five miles on that course is not like <laughs> the normal five miles, okay? So I'm yeah. like, oh, it's only five miles. I'll be back at the 86. I'll get my headlamp. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It got pitch dark. I couldn't see nothing, and I'm stepping, trying to step on those bamboos. Oh, I remember, I rolled down there, and so I hurt my leg, and I was just literally sitting in the, the, I guess you would call it the brush or whatever. So I'm sitting, and a group of runners came by, and that's how they helped me back to the aid station. But by the time I got back to the aid station, doing the numbers in my head, and I shouldn't have did them. I still should have tried anyway. Um, because the race director was like, no, you know, Jamila, go ahead and try to get another loop in. I was like, yeah. okay, I'm going to try. 
And so they, they had, and I don't know all the names of the, the, the different aid stations we had to go to, but it was one of the aid stations I was coming to. They had a pacer waiting for me. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, so the guy was trying to pace me back to try to get me back on track. And we got to mile like 65, 70-ish maybe. And I was like, I'm not going to have enough time. Because I had to do two more loops. Yeah. I had to do two more loops, yeah. I think they're 20 loops apart, 20 miles apart, something like that. I can't really remember. But I know I had to do two more loops. And I only had, I think I only had like maybe... 12 hours left yeah. for, for the cutoff. And um, I the was like, no, nah, I don't want it. <laughs> yes. And, and it, that loop itself was literally, I think it took, from, from my first previous loop, he said it took me two, like two and a half hours longer on that loop yeah. than it did from the other ones. And I was like, okay. And I was like, I'm going to get slower. And I, I told the guy, I was like, no, I don't want to waste your time. Uh-uh. And he was like, you sure? And I was like, Mm-mm, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm well, enjoying Hawaii. I'm good. Mm-mm. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. The same the times when I've pulled out of races, I think the same things too. I don't want to place the people, the race directors and the volunteers in any kind of situation where they'd have to haul my ass out. You know, or, or, I didn't want, I didn't want, I mean, literally I'm leaning on this guy like this when we were running down. Cause you know, it's certain spots that you have to be able to grab on those rocks and go down sideways and things like that. And I, I just couldn't do it by myself anymore. I really, what I couldn't. And then I'm, I'm glad after the fact that I did pull out because when, um, my host Don, I was staying with this guy named Don, Don took me to the hospital and they said I had pulled my hamstring. So had I kept going, I would have, you know, I would have actually made it worse because all I was doing was just popping, um, uh, I think I was taking a leave or something just yeah. to kind of numb the pain, you know, yeah. so I could have did more damage anyway. So, yeah, I wind up being on crutches for maybe like two weeks or so. Oh, wow. Like two weeks or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I, I didn't run for... Man, I was out for, after that, I think I was out for maybe like a good six weeks altogether before yeah, the doctor was like, okay, you can slowly start walking and stuff. You know, so. Time. Yeah, I know. I know. And, I, I, and, and like I said, imagine if I had said, okay, just kept taking those pills and then tried to do more. I, who knows? I might have did some real damage that couldn't have been repaired. So normally, and like I said, I'm not that runner where it's like, I got to finish no matter what, you know. Yeah. Mm-mm. I want to run again. I yeah. do. I want to run again. So if it yeah. means that I, I'm going to have to do that race again, I just do it again. Yeah. My, my joke was, was when I was first doing marathons, I would take hydroprofen um, at every aid station. And usually there's, wow. 13, there's 13 aid stations. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and people oh were gosh. going, Joe, they could cut off your leg at the finish line. You wouldn't right. feel it. No, 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 that's too much. That's too yeah, much. I, I, I guess I could, for the sake of my liver, I got to stop doing that. So I, yeah, <laughs> I'd rather not, not do that. Yeah, no. Speaking of injuries, I hate to dwell too much on injuries, but I, you, so you got a cast on the thumb, right? You broke your thumb, yeah, right? That was um, blood rock, which was 
two weeks ago. Last, no, okay, last, two weeks ago. Um, and Blood Rock is a insane hard course. It really is. I I would say from one to five, Blood Rock is number five. Okay, it's a really tough course. So, anyways, I'm cruising along, having a good time. Da 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 da. And there's this one section where you have to crawl down with the ropes. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm crawling down, da da da, doing good. And I don't know, I must have lost my hand or something. And next thing I know, I fell, flip, boom. And what you know how you're trying to stop yourself from falling and what you don't. Me trying to do that, my thumb went that way and I shattered um, a small bone right here. So I was like, that doesn't look right. <laughs> yeah, those were impressive then photos. I, yeah. Wait a minute. Then I'm looking at my watch like, uh-uh, I'm not missing this cut on me. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's go, let's go. So, and, and you know, the way Blow Rock is situated, once you pass that aid station, you got to go all the way back before you get to another aid station. Yeah. So, and I wasn't going to sit up there with my thumb like that, waiting for somebody to come, hopefully pass through or whatever. And like I said, and seriously, the way that it is that you're sitting on the mountain, you look straight down, there's a a, a, a lake right there. Then there's more rocks. So I was like, eh, let me try to do it. So I was just like using my elbow, sliding <laughs> down sideways. I mean, I know I probably look like a hot mess or somebody had to see. <laughs> but wait a minute, Joe. The whole time I'm sliding down, I'm fixing my head. Make sure my wig is right. I'm sliding down. <laughs> I was looking at a hot mess. <laughs> I said, I said, if somebody see me, I'm not going to look crazy. I was like making sure my eyeliner wasn't running. <laughs> I said, you should have seen me flying down that hill. I said, girl, you're a mess. <laughs> so when I did finally make it back, though, I was like looking at the time. I said, like, oh, I could do this. So what I did is I pulled my sleeve down, and I was trying to cover my thumb. And the guy was like, Jamila, are you okay? I was like, yeah. I think I hurt my thumb, but I'm okay. I'm okay. So I put it behind yeah, my yeah. back because I didn't want to get pulled. And yeah. I just took off running. And then I was like, ooh, it's starting to hurt, you know. <laughs> but I was like, okay, I can do this. I can finish this race. I can finish this race. So what wind up happening is, and I did, I had two headlamps. Because they said, you know, it, uh, it was 40, 48 hours or 44 hours or whatever. Yeah. But I knew it would be out there a lot. So I had two headlamps. But my second headlamp must not have had fresh batteries in it or whatever. Uh, so by, by mile 80-something or whatever, my headlamp ran, went out. But, and, and, and I'm not being funny, the moon was so bright, you can oh. see you just had to go slower. Yeah, And yeah. I was. I was just, you know, you know, you know how sometimes if you're in the dark so long, your eyes kind of can... Figured his stuff out yeah. a little bit. Yeah, if there's and that's what I was. I was literally, I was, you know, figuring it out with the, the darkness. And, um, but I just had to go slower. So I know I was losing time, but I was like, I can do it. I can do this. And so a runner caught up with me. Um, <laughs> now, mind you, she got the headlamp. I don't. Yeah. And she's like, you're faster than me, so you stay in front. <laughs> 
<laughs> They're pacing off of you. your stick that, that that's a uh, carbon fiber adjustable pole right no <laughs> <laughs> pretty much pretty much that's it yeah. that's it <laughs> you know and i don't i see people using the trekking poles but i don't know for me they just seem like it's something else to carry yeah and i guess you gotta really know how to use them but they don't seem like they make me faster or anything or whatever no more than you know what i wouldn't normally use yeah. to chuck up the hills so i don't know i, I think to each his own you know oh yeah yeah i never criticize anybody's equipment if they think it even if it doesn't work for them if they think it works for them then it works it'll work and it works so. it really does and you know after a certain part it is so mental it really is mental what our body in, is doing because you kind of get on that go motion. You know what I mean? You know what yeah. I mean? It's like you're so tired, but your body is just still moving. It just, yeah. you don't know how, but it, it just is. And you just got to go with it at that moment. You do. You got to yeah. go with it. Camille Heron. Uh, Camille won the, uh, the JFK, you know. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Oh, she, you know what? She's so She's so fantastic. She's so sweet and stuff. I'm still trying to talk her to come out and do races here in Hawaii. But she I had. I wish you would. She had posted a, a Twitter uh, a thing about how what's the difference between a, a 100 mile race and a 24 mile or 24 hour race. And she said the difference hmm. is in your head. Yep. Which is yeah. that's very She's true. Right. She's right. She's right. Because yeah. you, and, and that's funny because you'll see some people do a hundred miles in under twenty four hours, but when they get to the twenty four hour race, they can't get the hundred miles. Oh yeah, time and, on. And feet. she's so right. It's in your head. It's in your head. Yeah. And it's a like, lot of times, the twenty four hour races are easier than the hundred mile trails because it's all flat. Yeah. Versus you're you're not climbing any hills. You know what I mean? So time wise you should be able to do it, you know? And, yeah. and again, logistically on paper, that's four miles an hour. Yeah. That's oh, four yeah. miles an hour, just moving. 
Yeah, 20, uh, 18 minute miles. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Yep. But in our head, there's no way I could get there in 24 hours. You know? Uh, no, no. Well, I, yeah, and I have a lot of friends that are very fast. You know, they do 100-mile uh, runs under 15 hours, some of them. Wow. You know? And so they're really fast. They bonk, and even with uh, marathon races, if they go anything over like six hours in a race at a marathon pace, wow. they, they can't, they're, oh, this is so long. I just tell them, look, every race I do is more than six hours, no matter the distance. It's like, <laughs> this is true. Well, that was part one. I can't thank uh, Jamila enough for her time. Uh, like I said, we're, we're going to split it into two parts. And I will have her address for those of you who would like to send her. She's looking for gloves and socks, I do believe, because she helps out the homeless. But again, can't can't thank uh, Jamila enough. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do that here on YouTube. You can subscribe to it or on uh, uh, iTunes and stuff. If you want to listen, just listen to it. That would be great. But again, uh, I'll put an address link in here so that we can help out Jamila, what she needs. And again, this is part one. So we will have part two coming up probably in a week or so once I finish with the editing and stuff. So Amazing lady. I was uh, so grateful that you could take the time uh, to talk to me today. So again, mahalo nui lo to her.